This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon. This is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to look at the sixth of the eight blessings of Jesus in which he describes non-dual awareness. In this one, he describes it as pure-heartedness. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Just so happens that at the present time I am reading, actually rereading the Ashtavakra Gita, which is one of the classics of Indian non-dualism. I had not even heard about this until a couple of months ago, and I'm on my second reading of it now, reading very slowly. In it, he talks about pure in heart in chapter 17, which I was reading just before I shut off the light last night before I went to bed. It says, the liberated soul abides in the self alone and is pure of heart. That gives the hint as to what Jesus was talking about when he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Using similar language, Jesus, speaking as a divine self, says, abide in me and I in you. When we abide in the self, in the true nature, the separate self dissipates and the divine shines through easily. We are transparent to the presence of God, the smog of duality, the smog of the ego clears and we see God. Webster's Dictionary defines pure-hearted as having the heart free from guile. That use of the word guile immediately made me think of the disciple Nathaniel and the First chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is gathering disciples to himself, and he calls Philip, who immediately goes off and told his friend Nathaniel about Jesus of Nazareth, and, and Nathaniel famously responds, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip retorts, come and see, so he does. And Jesus sees Nathaniel coming toward him, and he says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. In other words, Nathaniel was pure-hearted. You could tell by his response. Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. He sees God in Jesus because he was pure of heart. Pure of heart means to be transparent, to be able to see through the illusion of dualistic existence to the oneness of God. The lake near my home in New Hampshire is very clear. We can swim out deep and still be able to look down on the bottom and see it clearly because it is so clear. That's what it means to be pure of heart. You can look into the depths of the heart and see the bottom. And at the bottom of the human heart is God, the ground of being. 
That's what it means. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But what if one's heart does not seem very clear? What if we cannot see down to the bottom of the soul and see God? Sometimes on busy days, our lake in New Hampshire is stirred by motor, motorboats. It normally happens on the weekend when all the tourists are up at where people with second homes are up on the lake. And when on those days, the water's all stirred so you can't see the bottom. The Tao Te Ching talks about letting water settle until it is clear. Lao Tzu says, who can make the muddy water clear? Let it be still and it will gradually become clear. In the way of Zen, Alan Watts wrote, muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. There is a well-known Buddhist story that illustrates this. The Buddha and his disciples were on a journey and they come near a lake and the Buddha said to his youngest and most impatient disciple, he says, I'm thirsty, please bring me some water from the lake. So the disciple goes to the lake and when he gets there, he notices that it's all muddied up. All the silt is in the, in the water because a wagon had just gone through it. So the disciple thought to himself, I can't take this to the teacher, this muddy water. So he goes back and he tells the Buddha, the water is all muddy. We can't drink it. But a half hour later, the Buddha asked the disciple to go again to the lake and bring him some water to drink. And the disciple does, but the water is still dirty. So once again, he comes to the Buddha and says, we can't drink the water. We should walk to town and get something to drink. The Buddha doesn't answer. After a while, the Buddha asked the disciple one more time to go back to the lake and bring him water. The disciple didn't want to challenge his master, so he goes to the lake. And when he arrives, he notices that now the water looks clear. So he takes some water and brings it to the Buddha, who looks at the water and says to the disciple, what have you done to clean the water? You see, the disciple didn't do anything. And the Buddha explained that to him. He said, you waited and you let it be. Therefore, the silt settled on its own. And now the water is clear. You are like that. When you're silty, you simply need to let it be. Just give it time. It will clear on your own. Don't have to make any effort to clear it. Everything will pass on its own as long as you don't hold on to it. Some of the uh, versions of the story talk about the mind here, but I think it's talking about the, the heart as well. So the Buddha says, just let it be. Now, letting it be may sound like you're doing nothing, but it's not. It is way woo way, as the Tao Te Ching puts it, action without action. And that's the reality behind all eight of the Beatitudes. And these eight statements, Jesus is not urging us to, to do anything. He's not giving a new law, a new list of commandments. He's not saying, thou shalt not, or thou shalt. He's simply saying, blessed is, blessed are. He's simply pronouncing blessings on those who are, who they are. Our dualistic world, on the other hand, is very action-oriented, and that seeps into religion and spirituality. People always want to do something. 
to achieve a spiritual result. And oftentimes people who email me will ask me, what can they do? Seekers want to do something to be enlightened or to be awakened. The rich young man came to Jesus asking, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He doesn't see the contradiction in his request. One does not have to do anything to inherit. One inherits because of who one is, not what one does. Inheritance is a gift. It is a birthright. One does not do anything to be pure in heart or to see God. In fact, one does nothing. And yet, it happens. All one does is abide. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. He used the metaphor of the vine and the branch. The branch does not do anything to produce fruit. It simply abides in the vine, Jesus says. The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. All one has to do is be still. Abide. Wei Wu Wei. When one acts without acting, then the muddy water clears and one can see down to the bottom of the soul and one sees God. Nothing has changed. The only difference is that one sees what one did not see before. This beatitude is not an instruction to engage in countless hours of meditation in order to quiet the mind. This is not about training the mind to have no thoughts. Thoughts will be with us always. Emotions will always be present. It's not a matter of trying to get rid of them. Just let them be and they'll quiet down by themselves, even if they never quiet down. That's all right. God is still the root of the soul. It's not about changing anything. It's about seeing that which does not change. That's what Nathaniel saw when he listened to Jesus. He didn't see Jesus of Nazareth. He saw God. Now, Christians will often respond by quoting the verses in the Bible that says that one cannot see God. In fact, early in the same chapter in the Gospel of John, the author writes, no one has ever seen God. There's a well-known statement in the Torah where God says to Moses, you cannot see my face for no one can see me and live. Now, these statements do not contradict the beatitude. It's the whole point of the beatitude. Being pure of heart means to be no one. No one can see God. Only when one is no one does one see God. When one sees that one is not a self, when that's out of the way, then what is present is seen. The human sense of a substantial self gets in the way of seeing the invisible God. The ego is the dirt that muddies the water. The separate self clouds the mind and heart and prevents us from seeing what we are and prevents us from seeing God. When that self settles, 
to the bottom of our human consciousness, then we can see clearly. We see God. When the Bible says that no one can see God and live, it is saying that the separate self cannot exist in the presence of the divine self. It is destroyed. It's like fire purifying, destroying everything in his presence. When he saw God, Isaiah's response is, woe is me, for I am undone. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He felt like he was disappearing, like he was coming apart. He was undone. And I've shared before that I had the same type of experience. In the presence of God, I had the sense of ceasing to exist, of dissolving, disintegrating, returning to dust and ashes. I was not. I was coming apart. And at the time, it scared me to death. So much like Jonah, I ran from the presence of God. I hid from God for 20 years in evangelical Christianity until I could hide no more. And I found out that Christianity is a good place for people to hide from God. A lot of people are doing it there. But for me, I could only do it for so long. And finally, if we are blessed, God strips away the hiding place, exposes the falsity of the self. Then all is clear. And we see God. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.